one year, I think it was the first year that I was here at Pillar serving as one of the pastors. It was Pentecost Sunday, like today, kind of the birthday of the church. And by the way, happy birthday, Ashlyn. I thought it'd be a good idea, and frankly, if I can be honest, it was a great idea, to bring balloons into the sanctuary, helium-inflated balloons, red and orange helium-inflated balloons, kind of like a tongue of fire, and that'll make more sense in a minute, tied to strings that were then tied to something like a Hershey's Kiss and placed on the front platform here, and the service went great, and the sermon was was exceptional. And then after the service, I went out onto the lawn. And before I came back into the sanctuary, some of the, the lines on the balloons had let loose from the Hershey's Kiss and they had floated the 30 feet up into Pillar Sanctuary, which wouldn't have been a, a big deal, except the fans were still going and the balloons were getting wrapped in the spinning fan. It was not good. It was not good at all. I dusted off my resume. I updated my references. I went on to job source as soon as I could. But Pillar, as is the case, was as gracious and generous as always. So what I'm getting at is no balloons today, but the same story. Uh, My friend Christy DeSaro will help us tell it. Uh, Listen to this. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like the rush of a violent wind that filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were at that time devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at that, this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, amazed and astonished. They said to one another, how is it that we hear each of us in our own native languages? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belong to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages. We hear them speaking of God's deeds of power. Amazed and perplexed, they said to one another, what does this mean? Others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. But Peter Standing with the eleven, addressed them, saying, Men of Judea and you that live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I have to say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will see visions. Your young men will dream dreams. Even upon your slaves, both male and female, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. I will show portents in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You that are Israelites, let this be known to you. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, signs, and wonders that God did through him among you as you yourselves know. This man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God you crucified and killed by the hands of those outside the law. 
But God raised him up, having freedom from death, for it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Therefore, David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can say to you confidently of our ancestor David, he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Because he was a prophet, the Lord swore to him an oath that one of his descendants would sit on his throne. Therefore, David was speaking of the resurrection of the Messiah when he said, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. And being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he's poured out this that you both see and hear. David did not ascend to the heavens. But says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know with certainty God made him to be Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, for the promise is for you and for your children, for those who are far off, for everyone whom the Lord God calls to him. And he continued to exhort them with many arguments saying, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who received the message were baptized. And on that day, about 3,000 were added to the number and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon all of them because of the signs and wonders being done by the apostles. They held everything together in common and sold their possessions and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, they met together in the temple, praising God and eating bread in homes with glad and generous hearts and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's Acts chapter 2. It's the story of Pentecost. It's the birthday of the church. Pentecost means 50. It it was the annual celebration of the Jews celebrating God's giving of the law 50 days after Passover, which coincides conveniently with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who at that point had also been ascended. There they are in Jerusalem to celebrate what God had done in the past, the giving of the law, and now God does something different, something altogether new, which is the way of God. And the, 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 the winds blow from heaven and the, and the fire, hot fire, rests on each of them and all of them start speaking in languages they hadn't yet learned. It's a little bit of what like the Apostle Paul was saying. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. 
There they are to celebrate the giving of the law, but God wants to do something new and sends the gift of the Spirit. And the first question they ask, what does this mean? Which is closely followed by a second question they ask, what should we do? Which seems like a great way to frame a sermon. What does this mean? And what should we do? What does this mean? First century Roman Empire. So much had changed. God sent his son, his only son. He loves you so much. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world who suffered and died and rose again. The ultimate moment in human history, the fulcrum moment in salvation history. So much had changed and yet so much was still the same. Pilate was still piloting the region with fear and force. Herod was still wreaking moral havoc on the people with his gluttonous and debaucherous ways. What I'm saying is the political landscape was a mess. And the religious landscape didn't look much better either. We like to think of a sort of one Jewish tradition, but they were divided. There were four sects, the Essenes, the Zealots, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and they argued and they fought and they called each other names and this band of Christ followers was emerging, was considered a fifth sect of Judaism. And so the four sects of Judaism collaborated with the pressure of Rome and took it out on that small, upstart, quiet band of Christ followers. And history would tell just how hard they came down. The political landscape was a mess and the religious landscape was a mess. Can you imagine that? And the social public health landscape was a mess. The the life expectancy of a first century Roman citizen was 25 years old, college graduates. And if you take out infant mortality rates, it skyrockets to 50, second half of lifers. So let me get this straight. The political landscape's in turmoil. The religious landscape is divided. And the social public health situation is a total mess. What does that sound like to you? In a word, desperate. Desperation. And in the midst of the desperation, God does something new. Pentecost announces God. God is. God does. God acts. God will. God. And if I can just offer it up, desperation still? Maybe each of us don't feel it entirely acutely, but after a long year, maybe you found yourself at some point saying, desperation? And now, still today, Israel, Palestine. The divided states of America. A fracturing church. Tension in families. A global pandemic still wreaking its havoc in too many places, particularly the poorest places. And, and, and the other diseases that have always been breaking our hearts, like cancer, and I'm thinking of the howls, and the stats and the bass and the scions are still shattering dreams. And in the desperation, amidst the challenges, Pentecost announces God. God is. God does. God will. God can. God acts. This is going to sound silly from a pulpit in a sanctuary and an online worship service. I'm inviting you to believe God. The God revealed in Jesus Christ, made available to us now by his Holy Spirit, God. I like the way the Heidelberg Catechism puts it. 
the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who out of nothing created heaven and earth and everything in them, who still upholds and rules them by his eternal counsel and providence, is my God and Father because of Christ the Son. I trust God so much that I do not doubt he will provide whatever I need for body and soul and will turn to my good whatever adversity he sends upon me in this sad world. God is able to do this because he's almighty God and desires to do this because he's a faithful father. God, God will, God does, God can, God acts, Pentecost announces God. In a turbulent politic and a fracturing church, in a frustrating social circumstance, Pentecost says God. Two Fridays ago, it was Mother's Day weekend, a newer friend of the Pillar community, uh, Jeff Pollitt, with his wife, Cindy, they, they came to West Michigan from Adrian in 2017, got connected to Pillar at Dimnit in 2018, joined us in this space in 2019 before shut down in 2020. They've had a hard time making connection in the Pillar community because of all of these circumstances. It was two Fridays ago, Mother's Day weekend, Jeff went to Menards to buy Cindy some chairs she knew he, he knew she would want for Mother's Day. And while searching for the chairs, his heart exploded. And before Cindy could get to the hospital, Jeff had died. Uh, Jeff might have been one of the most interesting people in the world. An MD pediatrician turned master's in epidemiology become PhD professor try that out for size, who loved gardening and woodworking and his wife. My friend Ben Ugama told me a story about our men's retreat just before COVID shut us all down. It was a Saturday afternoon and we had a bunch of free time and Jeff and Ben and a couple of guys were discussing what they do and one said the museum and another said a hike and a third suggested a nap and Jeff said, I think I'll call my wife. And then two Fridays ago, tragedy happened, and we gathered last Friday to celebrate his life and grieve in his death. Sometime before he died, Jeff said to Cindy, when I die, I want people looking up. So Cindy had the idea at his funeral service to have helium balloons, not in the sanctuary, I tried that once, but rather outside on the lawn, and after we celebrated his life and grieved in his death in the funeral service, we all went outside and lifted the balloons to the heavens and we all looked up. I want to borrow Jeff's instincts today. In a desperate world when pain is real and pressure is high and division is constant, look up, God. God is. Pentecost says God. God acts still. What does this mean? That's what it means. And what should we do? What does this mean? Gives way to what should we do? They ask, what does this mean? Peter stands up and preaches a sermon about Jesus, and they hear the sermon about Jesus, and they say, what should we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, and 3,000 of them are baptized, and then this is what they do. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and they gave to all as any had need. That's what they do. That's what you do. In a desperate world, still charged with the glory of God, in a frustrating circumstance, still animated by the presence of the Spirit, we devote ourselves to Scripture, 
to fellowship, to worship, to prayer, and to sharing. Give to all as any have need. I realize you probably don't remember one sermon to the next each week. And frankly, if I'm being honest, I hardly remember one sermon from the next each week. But I have been paying attention to a similarity between the last three sermons and the last three weeks. In each of the sermons, I've been saying the same thing. To the letter to the church in Pergamum, who had co-mingled their Christian faith with cultural scripts about feeling good and getting what you want, the call was to return to the basic practices that have sustained Christ's followers for 2,000 years. And then the letter to the church in Thyatira, who had also co-mingled their Christian faith with the cultural scripts of feel good and do whatever you want. I was suggesting maybe it'd be good if a few of us committed ourselves to the basic acts and practices that have sustained Christ's followers for 2,000 years. And here we are again, not even the book of Revelation anymore, the book of Acts saying the same thing. Return to the basic acts that have sustained Christ's followers for 2,000 years, like scripture, Fellowship, worship, prayer, sharing. So here's a pop quiz, hot shot, to borrow a great line from the movie Speed. Am I repeating myself, A, because I've lost my creative energy? Be careful. B, because I'm reading into the Bible what I want it to say to you. Or C, because the Bible says the same thing again. I'll go with C. In a desperate world, still charged with the Holy Spirit, devote yourselves to Scripture, community, worship, prayer, and sharing. So here's a novel idea. How about on your phone right now, find a time each day. It doesn't have to be a long time, but a time to open the Bible. Start with the Gospel of John or any other Gospel for that matter. They're all good. Call a friend. And take her on a walk and have the real conversation about life and faith. Come back to worship. Online is great, but it has a limit. It has a shelf life. You need to be in the gathered community of worshipers as soon as you can, as soon as you feel comfortable. And pray. After after you've read the Gospel of John or whatever other Gospel, sit quietly with a psalm if you don't know what to say. Or just sit quietly and trust the Spirit prays. And share, give to all as any have need. Not share like you can have it for a minute. I mean, give it away. Uh, Christy DeSaro, our friend from Nigeria, in anticipation of the offering we're taking for her today, offered this to me. Thank you so very much for this great help. It will be like Jesus has come down physically to help his people. Yes, he's come down physically through Pillar Church to wipe our tears from our eyes. In a desperate world full of challenges, maybe a few of us, maybe just a few of us, can commit ourselves to the practices and habits that have sustained Christ's followers for the longest time. And maybe, just maybe, the world will catch a glimpse of a Jesus who loves them. Between what does this mean and what should we do, Peter stands up to preach a sermon, and the sermon is about Jesus, the transcendent divine comes close in the person, Jesus Christ, and is available still by the Spirit. The movement from what does this mean, asking the big questions about life and faith in God, and and the, the practical questions about our lives, what should we do, are animated by the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He's the fulcrum. He's the pivot point. 
We, we, we tend to, in our pious energy, commit to these basic practices as, as a rules to follow and a list to get done. Well, frankly, don't do them, if not because of and for the glory of Jesus. In our justice-seeking passion for a more equitable world, we find ourselves in cul-de-sacs fighting for a justice disconnected from the living God that doesn't pay any attention to Jesus. If not because of and for, maybe not at all. What should we do? Commit ourselves to the basic practices of the Christian faith, scripture, community, worship, prayer, and share, give to all as any have need. And maybe just, maybe a watching world will experience something the rest of the world is not offering. A world so bent on fighting and yelling and arguing and and wrapping you up in its fierce anger. Maybe, just maybe, a few of us could actually quiet down for a little while and sit down for just a moment. It's really hard to speak on behalf of the Christian faith when you haven't immersed yourself in the Christian story. So maybe first, before you stand up and shout, maybe you should sit down and listen. The third Monday of every other month, the pillar... Uh, council, that's like the church board, meets for our regularly scheduled meetings. And we begin with dinner. We haven't done that in about 14 months, but we were able to last Monday. Then we break into our elder deacon meetings, and then we gather back to finish off our meetings in the, the whole group. Uh, this past Monday, uh, we met as a board of elders. And about a year ago, began a practice of asking each other at the start of the meeting, where have you seen Jesus this week? And that practice morphed into sharing our favorite Bible verses. And that practice included each of us sharing the story behind our favorite Bible verse. This past Monday, Vic Wainer shared his favorite Bible verses from the book of Ephesians. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. And Vic went on to share with us why that was so important to him and his life. And this is how he ended, something like, Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we dare to ask or imagine. More than we dare to ask or imagine. Vic was suggesting it's not a failure of God's capacity, but our imagination. More than we can ask or imagine. Vic was saying God. God is. God will. God does. 
in a desperate world still charged with God, maybe, just maybe, a few of us could offer a watching world a witness of a better way, a better one, Jesus Christ, when we commit ourselves to Scripture, community, worship, prayer, and share. Give to all as any have need. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.